Howdy, everyone. Monday was Veterans Day, and I wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of the men and women who have served this country. Your time in the various branches of our military never goes underappreciated by someone like me. I never had the guts to join, and so I am more than grateful to each of you who felt the call and sacrificed so much to protect our freedoms and our way of life. No matter what is happening over in D.C., this is still the land of the free and the home of the brave. Each and every one of you veterans out there are the brave, and we are free because of you. So from our entire Common Ground family, we thank you. Welcome to the Common Ground Football Podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian McLaughlin and Andrew Guzman. What is happening, everyone? The Common Ground Football Podcast, episode 78, as we say goodbye to week 10 and welcome in week 11 of the NFL season. What a crazy week 10 it was, too. Quick shout out to my dad. Happy birthday. I know it was Monday. Today is now Wednesday, but I know you're listening to this show, so happy birthday, dad. Uh, Yeah, so what a crazy week 10 it was. I had a lot going on. Uh, I had my um, youngest, his birthday party, turned a year old on Saturday, had a party for him on Sunday, so I was running around doing a bunch of stuff, and it was uh, it was crazy Sunday to deal, trying to watch games and dealing with that, and, and uh, yeah, so I do want to start off with, I, I posted it on social media um, today, again, uh, Brian McLaughlin, I'm the Seahawks fan of the show. Andrew Guzman, my my partner in crime here on this little podcast, the Cowboys fan, is not here again. Uh, it's definitely just me for now. Uh, we'll get him back one day for sure. Uh, he's taking care of some personal things. But uh, um, this is not an easy thing to do by myself, and um, I love doing it, but it's not easy. And uh, I definitely miss having Andrew here to bounce the uh commentate you know the 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 stuff off of basically go back and forth so um with that last week i had um the help of dennis and dean uh dennis being the big niners fan and dean being the big cowboys fan those guys kicked ass uh i hope you enjoyed the episode it was a long one but it was i thought it was a good one and it definitely was one of our better number ones uh downloads wise so to those of you who listen, thank you so much. If this was your that was your first time and you're now back for your second episode, thanks for sticking with us. Appreciate it. Uh, it'll get even better when Andrew comes back. So, gotta bear with me. All right, uh, let's get right into it. It is uh, episode 78. We're gonna cover week 11. We're gonna first look back at week 10. Um, Cowboys played the Vikings. Seahawks, of course, had the big Monday night game against the Niners, and uh, then we got some NFL news stories to go over. Got a couple of those. And then we're going to preview week 11 Seahawks actually are on their bye week this week. And so we'll do a little bit of Dallas at Detroit. Um, it's a little challenging when we, <laughs> when I'm used to having the Dallas fan here to talk about the team and it's not a team I'm necessarily invested in. Um, but I'll, I'll do my best to do some short little, Hey, they need to win kind of rah, rah stuff, but, uh, we'll, we'll definitely preview what I can of week 11 and then um, I do have a question from Dennis from Ohio this week. And then uh, we'll do some game picks. It's, it's the usual episode, and it's just me. Uh, but we'll still have a good time, I think. Maybe. Possibly. 
I don't know. We'll see. Let's get right into it. Uh, let's recap week 10, which just happened. Uh, both primetime games for both our teams. So uh, the Cowboys played Sunday night and the um, Seahawks played Monday night. And I, I wasn't, uh, I, I got to be honest, I wasn't able to watch as much of the um, Cowboys game as I wanted to. Again, I had party going on and then we were out to dinner with my dad and, and uh, that's not an excuse, but we had the game on, although we had some challenges getting them to turn it on in the restaurant, but we did finally get it on and uh, get the game on the TV up there and we're able to watch it. Uh, little bits here and there uh, while also trying to control a um, couple of rambunctious kids and that's never easy if any of you out there have kids you know what i'm talking about in a restaurant trying to wrangle a four-year-old a five-year-old and then try to stuff the face of a one-year-old so that he is nice and well-behaved can be challenging nevertheless uh, what i did was uh, I did watch the highlights. I read plenty of the reaction in the game, and there's just a couple of points that I want to hit on um, in this 28-24 Dallas loss. Um, that it, one, I mean, the the Vikings are a a good team, so let's not let's not you know say, oh God, they lost to a, a bad team. They didn't. Vikings are now seven and three. Um, but it's not necessarily a game you want to see lose. I mean, you don't want anybody to come into Jerry's world down there and beat you. Um, but a couple things I wanted to highlight real quick, and then we'll we'll move on because again, not a Cowboys fan, not incredibly comfortable talking about them. But I did find a couple things very interesting. One, Dak Prescott, he's actually having quite a year, and it isn't getting talked about as much nationally, except for whatever he does wrong. So. <laughs> You know they won't. They, they'll 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 say, "Oh yeah, he had a good game," and but they won't get much praise. And then he has a bad game, and of course, or or anything bad happened in the game, and they jump all over him, which is um, unfair. Uh, he balled out in this game, and with numbers like he had, uh, twenty eight for forty six, three hundred ninety seven yards, three touchdowns, only one interception. Uh, he's only sacked once. Um, those kind of numbers that's usually gets you a win in the national football league um he had to step up minnesota was stopping the run really well but Dak stepped up in that moment performed he had some great catches along the way from his receivers uh he played really really well and he's actually played pretty damn well most of the season yet it's funny i i noticed obviously with uh, being a seahawks fan i've got russell wilson and he's all over mvp talk but it seems to be that when you look at like these experts and and you know what they give their rankings on who's in the mvp talk and who's not and they put you know russell at the top and they'll put lamar jackson in there and and you know there's a little deshaun watson talk and and yet you never see i have not seen one list where somebody said oh yeah well dak prescott should be in there i haven't seen that and i think that's kind of weird honestly and it made me think because i heard somebody say and i saw on twitter someone posts something about how why isn't he getting the attention and it made me curious so i went and looked at numbers and and it is kind of a little startling when you look at just russell and dak together their numbers side by side this is crazy so um completions russell wilson 224 dak prescott 218 not much difference 
attempts. Russell, 327. Dak, 319. Again, not that different. Their completion percentage are 0.2 points difference. Russell's at 68.5. Dak's at 68.3. Attempts per game. Dak has a little bit more attempts per game. Um, 35.4. Russell, 32.7. Their yards. Russell, 27.37. Dak, 27.77. Their average in their pass um, yardage. 8.4 for Russell, 8.7 for Dak. Yards per game. Dak has a little bit more, 308.6 to Russell's 273.7. This is where I think the the touchdown-interception ratio is probably why he's not in the talks. This would be my guess. Again, I, I don't know, but when you've got someone like Russell who's now 23 touchdowns after last night and only two interceptions on the whole season, Dak's got 18 touchdowns, and that's great. However, and, and you look at like the rest of the quarterbacks, and you're like, he's right up there with – Kirk Cousins has 18. Deshaun Watson has 18. Um, Lamar Jackson has 15. Patrick Mahomes has 18. Aaron Rodgers has 17. Stafford has 19. Daniel Jones, 15. Carson Wentz, 15. So, I mean, he's he's up there in, in the top when it comes to touchdowns. However, you look at interceptions, and Dak has nine. Russell only has two. And you look at that compared jimmy graps he's got eight interceptions philip rivers having a terrible terrible year it looks like 10 interceptions um sam darnold has nine uh i mean that's your he's he's towards the top when it comes to uh interceptions matt ryan has nine so that would be my guess on why he's not up there in an mvp talk with with that but everything else you know they're they're rating russell's 114.9 dax 102.4 but most across that stat line there's a lot of really really close similarities and so i i just thought it a little awkward that he wasn't getting necessarily as, as much national attention as he should and in that game he had a hell of a game and they had a chance. They were only down by like four points in the fourth quarter. And that brings me to number two. So you got Dak playing lights out. In the fourth quarter, down by four, they take the ball out of his hands and instead put the ball in the running back's hands when the Vikings had actually done pretty damn well the whole entire game, stopping Zeke. Ezekiel Elliott only had 47 yards the whole game. His longest run was six yards. 20 carries, 47 yards. That's it. And... So with you're down by like four and and you got a shot you're in you are in um the Vikings territory and and you you decide to make Zeke the guy I got a lot of coaching blunders in Seattle that happen all the time but uh this is coming from an outsider again let's remember coming from an outsider so I, I don't know what the coaching what all that is but i know a lot of of nationally a lot of outsiders like myself kind of walk the cowboys and go man garrett how much time does he got left he's got to be feeling a little bit of heat at this moment and the fact that jerry's put up with it i i get that more their their offensive coordinator i get this his first year he's never done this before he's super young um 
you probably got to give him a little bit of slack, but Garrett doesn't want to take any responsibilities. Garrett doesn't want to take any blame. He wants to just say, well, yeah, I probably should have done that better or should have done that better. You never, at least in, in what I read about post game from this, this game, it's everyone else's fault, not his. And you can't have that at your head coach. So I'm just a little bit confused on that whole thing. It's just a weird coaching decision. Why are you taking the ball out of your quarterback's hands when he's shown you the whole game? He's the reason you have the 24 points. And it, it just it doesn't make any sense. You got Cooper had 11 receptions for 147 yards, one touchdown. Cobb had six catches for 106 yards and a touchdown. Gallup, four catches, one of them a touchdown. Your your receiving core that that part of the offense is working. So why why? <laughs> I just again I, I didn't get to watch the whole thing. So I I mean I don't know and and but you Cowboys fans out there are probably going yeah you're right makes no sense whatsoever does it? And I I'm just it's baffling to me. Um, and I I got to imagine that the um, if the Cowboys now, th- this is the thing out of this game. Lucky for them, they're in a terrible division. And, we, and Andrew and I have talked about this a lot. Lucky for them, they are in a terrible division. But now at five and four, even though they're still f- tied for first in the NFC East with the, with the uh, Eagles, <laughs> it's not like they they are feeling probably feeling pretty good about everything and they're they're going to go into some games here they're going to make it a little tough on them and when you look at the nfc the nfc is loaded now if they were in the afc it'd be a different story but they're in the nfc and the nfc is absolutely loaded and so if if for some reason they can't secure that division the 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 wild card is not going to be a gimme you got the seahawks up there you got um let's look at the let's look at the let's let's go ahead and look at the um the standings and see if the playoffs were to start today what we have going on here As the playoffs were to start today, obviously Dallas gets in. Um, but wild card wise, you got Seahawks and you got Vikings. Well, the Vikings just beat you. So if you can't secure that title in your division, it's getting awfully crowded. Uh, and at five and four, you're right there with the Rams, Eagles, Panthers. It's just a it's a crowded conference. So it it was not a great loss. <laughs> not one of those losses that you'd like to take. Like Seahawks, say the Seahawks had lost last night, well, Monday night, and you're listening to this. Um, you know, that would have been one of those losses that, okay, division, with the Niners being undefeated, it was going to be tough to get that division anyway. So, you know, okay, take that. Being six and four right now, or six and three right now, um, instead of instead of five and four, gives you a whole game lead in your division i bet i think that obviously that's just, cowboy fans are going well duh but i mean really look at it 
This week you play Detroit. Week 12, you got New England. Now we, there's questions about New England. Are they as good as their record is? Probably not, but it's still you're at New England. So you're at Detroit, you're at New England. Then you got Buffalo at home. Buffalo is, you know, better than than they're not a, a terrible team. Chicago is four and five. Yeah, they've struggled. Trubisky's not great. That's probably a good, you know, but you're in Chicago. That's a little rough. It's cold there. Then you got the Rams, you got the Eagles, and you got the Washington racial slurs. So it's not a terrible schedule, but it's not easy. And a couple more losses in there, and you could be in serious trouble if you're the Dallas Cowboys. So I I I look at that that game and just go you got you got to obviously look at the coaching staff and then and then look at you know there's times in your schedule where you can take a loss and I honestly that was not one of them. So you would much rather be 6 and 3 right now than 5 and 4. It's just wait that NFC is just it's so loaded, it's so tight in there. And those the two wild card spots, they're going to be coveted, man. And it's going to be hard to get one of them. And so you got to hope that you get your division. And again, Cowboys are super lucky because that division sucks. But, you know, anything could happen. So that's my Dallas Cowboys recap for week 10. Um, let's move on to my team. The Seattle Seahawks, uh, as Russell Wilson said, oh, it's the craziest game I've ever been a part of. Now I was just a fan, just watching on the television. But uh, holy cow, holy catfish, as as Steve Rabel would say, that that was uh, that was nuts. I'm still it's it's as I'm recording this, it's ten fourteen p.m. on Tuesday night in the Pacific Northwest where I'm at. I'm still exhausted and emotionally drained from that game. All day today, I was I was just out of it and just drained, man. Just drained is the only way to put it. Uh, that that took every ounce of 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 energy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I, I've never in in. in all my years watching football, never seen anything quite like that. And what's great about it, not just because obviously the Seahawks came out on top. That's great. That's wonderful. It's awesome. But what I was really kind of hoping for in that game, because again, if they lost, I, it would have been okay. I mean, nobody wants a loss, but I would have been okay. I would have been a loss where I would have gone. Yeah, I understand that loss. What I really wanted, though, is I wanted... I wanted a I wanted a game that reignited what I thought was such an amazing rivalry back in, you know, 2013, 2014 and that, you know, in the Carroll versus Harbaugh, Russell versus Kaepernick, like I wanted that rivalry reignited because it just it, as quick as it was here, it was gone and it was so much fun when it was going. Just and it's just never been as you know the Rams have been really good team, but the rivalry between the Seahawks and the Rams has never reached what it was between the Seahawks and the Niners, right? You'll always have your division rivalries. You'll always have them every time you play the the Cardinals. Every time you 
you know, you play the the Rams or the Niners. Like, there's always that extra bit there because they're a division team, and you want to do well against your division because that can be, you know, you're in and out of a playoff. You know, however, there was always something extra there when it came to the Niners, right? The 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 NFC Championship game, like just every, and of course, it's funny because yes, the Seahawks in that rivalry they had the better record and. And they were better, you know, all that stuff. But still, it didn't matter. Those were the games you looked forward to. And I've been looking, as the Niners started this season, and they kept winning. I kept, and the Seahawks, you know, kept winning. I kept looking ahead, and I talked about this last week with Dennis. I kept looking ahead to this game. They're going, oh, my God. It's week 10. It's on a Monday night. That game right there is going to mean something. And it did. It meant a lot. So... Did it reignite a rivalry? I don't know if it fully reignited it, but man, it, it felt like it again. I, I just, I loved it. Now, Seahawks came out on top 27-24 in overtime. Um, Man, I mean, we'll just, let's get right into it and get my um, awesome and my bummer out of the way so that we can move forward with some highlights, um, or at least what I thought were highlights. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to go with Jadavian Clowney. Um, man, he, 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 we finally saw what we wanted to see out of that defensive line. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, but Clowney, especially the man played the game of his Seahawks career so far. He really did. He, he, dominated um he had a sack tackle for a loss and you know it's it's five total tackles it you know the numbers aren't like oh my god but at the same time he was in there he was wreaking havoc he was creating pressure and he had help with all the other guys but clowny seemed to be in there and you saw his speed and you saw you finally saw the clowny that we've been waiting to see since he became a Seattle Seahawk. And it was awesome. I mean, it was beyond awesome. So in fact, it deserves one more. Awesome. I mean, that's how it was. It was just incredible. Bummer. Um, sloppy football. I, 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 I could have, I was trying to figure out what player to give it to. I could give it to a Fetty for, for, uh, his attempt to be a runner. Um, Please don't ever do that again, Afedi. Don't. And this goes right into sloppy football. But the Seahawks had five total fumbles. Five. Afedi, Penny, Metcalf, Russell, Carson, Clowney, and Ford. Um, three of those were lost. The the. <laughs> The Effetti one, if if you it, it was at first you actually thought the guy literally grabbed the ball out of Russell's hands as he was going down and it actually got popped out, but it looked like he grabbed the freaking ball and you're like, What are you doing? <laughs> and then you realize it's not what he did, but still, just get on the ground, Effetti. Just just get if you get the ball, just get on the ground. You're not a runner. Don't do it. And that was ugly. Penny's fumble, ugly. Why is he still on this team? You had a chance to trade him for a draft pick 
and let him go and and you you didn't and i just i think that's just stupid dk's uh it's just a mistake he's young he's learning uh i heard carol say it in his press conference today you know they're just they're still teaching they're still working with him he should have there were some things he could have done to hold on to that ball better it would have been an amazing touchdown had it been a touchdown um the ball and and give the the san francisco guys the credit they yanked that ball right out of his hands it was kind of crazy um it was controversial but stepping out of bounds and doing all it was just but still hold on to the ball um it just the sloppy football was was bad and pete carroll admitted that said that today they got work to do they got to clean that up you can't get in the playoffs and and be fumbling the ball over the place um carson i mean i said Clowney and ford had fumbles they didn't have fumbles they recovered fumbles um they need to learn how to read a stat line um but carson i mean god if i liked penny better i would honestly wish that they would just play penny but i i'm one of those where i'm not sold on penny um, I think Carson's a better runner, but he's got a bad case of fumbleitis, man. He he's I, I don't understand what's so different or what it is. I know he's obviously working on it. He's gonna work a little bit harder because teams are gonna be purposely trying to get the ball out of his hands because they think they find a weak spot there. So um he's gotta do something. But my bummer is is sloppy football because it was ugly. All right, a couple of points I want to hit on. I said defense. I talked about clowny, defense overall. If you'd have told me in this game that we would have been we would be sitting here a day later talking about how amazing the Seahawks defense was and how they stole the show, I would think you're nuts. Because I thought for sure that it would be the Niners defense doing what they do and you know, wreaking havoc. And yeah, they they had their moments. But the the Seahawks defense after that first quarter, because in that first quarter, you're like, oh, God, here we go. Niners were up 10 nothing. Uh, Seahawks offense couldn't do anything. And you just I, I, you already had that feeling going, oh, man, this could get ugly quick. This, this could get away from them. You were seeing issues in the secondary with Taylor. Like Taylor could not make a play to save his life. And they were picking on him because they knew that he couldn't make a play. And he looked awful. And you could tell they were trying, you know, they've got McDougal and they got, they got digs in there and they're trying to figure out their safety tandem and, and um, they're trying to figure out, you know, corners and, and you still have this never ending, like trying to figure out who should be where. And if you, if, if you look at the first quarter all by itself, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have any clue as to what actually ends up happening. And that's at the defense man flipped on a switch something changed and they 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 went all out and they played the game that we have wanted to see from this defense and after having two games in a row where they looked like absolute garbage if you want to talk about the best possible game for them to step up and do better it was this one and they did it makes you you know think and wonder you know that whole you know playing up to your competition playing down to your competition um, if they played, if they, they played down to, to a Tampa team, uh, you know, that kind of thing, they played down to, to an Atlanta team. Uh, I don't know. I, I've, I'm one of those that believes they probably do 
However, if if they're going to play up to this type of competition and their defense is going to play like that, if the defense can play like this every game, then this is a scary team. Then this is a team that can get in the playoffs and actually do something. So I was I was just I'm sitting there just mesmerized by they were finally getting pressure because I'm sitting there and I'm wanting to tweet out again that how embarrassing is it that we have Clowney and Ziggy and Jaron Reed like all these guys on this line and they can't get any pressure because in the first quarter that's what it looked like again and then all of a sudden something they just changed it and all of a sudden they were getting pressure all the time and they 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 exposed Garoppolo for what he is which is just he's just a mediocre quarterback he's nothing special and I've always been a Jimmy Graps fan but he's just nothing special and he made mistakes and he was throwing ducks out there and it was all because they were hurrying him and they were making him make mistakes. And that's that right there is the foundation of a Pete Carroll defense. That's when that's what they're doing, when they're winning the turnover battle, when they're forcing the quarterback to make mistakes, that's what made them successful in 2013 and 2014, right? That's what made the Legion of Boom so scary. They were menacing, and they forced your quarterback to make mistakes. That's how you get the interceptions. That's how you get the fumbles. That's how you get the sacks. You got to get the pressure on them and force them to do something stupid, and that's what they were doing, and it was fantastic to finally see. Number two, Russell freaking Wilson continues to do his thing, even after he throws an interception in overtime, just his second interception on the year. He throws that pick. It was a terrible throw. He knew it. Bad throw. He just puts a couple more inches in the air on that ball, and it's, it's touchdown game over. However, he didn't. It was a bad throw. They picked it off. He still, when magically they got the ball back and they're able to have one more shot, he took control, did what he needed to do to put the team in a position to win the game. That 18-yard scramble at the end there to to – on their last possession in overtime. Oh, I mean, there's only a couple quarterbacks that can do that. And Russell Wilson was the first one. And he he did it. And he continues to show why really and honestly, I think it's a it's a two-man race right now for MVP. It's him and Jackson. And I think Russell has the edge because Russell's uh, is Russell's numbers when it comes to throwing. Now, Lamar Jackson can run. And he's very talented that way. But when it comes to like having both aspects of being able to, to scramble, run, and then but also throw, obviously Russell has that. And so you want to talk about MVP, he's still right up there with MVP. I mean, he just, no matter what's going on, this is crazy. So I heard this today. I was listening to uh, Fox Sports Radio, and it was the Doug Gottlieb show. And he was he was talking about how um, the the Russell Wilson is flex tape. He was like, "You ever seen that infomercial flex tape? We've all seen that infomercial. You got flex tape and all that stuff, and they tape up a boat, and you know what I mean. No matter what the situation, Russell Wilson makes it work. Now it's a weird analogy, but at the same time, just think about what he's saying. Russell makes it work." And as long as you have him on your team, you feel like you got a damn good shot at winning. He went into overtime and he didn't have Tyler Lockett. 
Lockett had a crazy uh, contusion on his calf. Ends up in the hospital. Didn't even travel home with the team. Scared the crap out of us when they talk about it being a serious injury, like something severe. Sounds like he's going to be okay, but you get a little freaked out. That's his number one. So he goes into overtime without his biggest weapon. Doesn't have Tyler Lockett. I got Malik Turner out there. They got, you know, you got you got Metcalf, but they're obviously going to, once again, they still don't quite know how to throw routes to Metcalf. They're, they're using the wrong ones, but they'll get it. And yet he still is able to win the game without his biggest weapon. So I, I, I just, it's, it's, it's so much fun to watch it every single week. It really is. And I feel like an idiot for taking so long to just give up and just say, all right, fine. He's a really good quarterback. You win. Uh, number three, big deal. Myers gets redemption. This is huge. So last week we wanted a new kicker. Couldn't believe they hadn't cut him. Pete Carroll said, guys, stick him by our kicker. He'll be okay. Well, they won the game by a field goal. It was another, you know, 40 was a 47 yard field goal to win it 42 um yeah 42 and and was it a no doubter the winning one no i mean it squeaked in but he made it uh they uh, his first kick before they called the timeout to ice him was much better <laughs> but myers had two field goals in this game both of which were huge and he nailed them both a 46 and a 42 and he hit all his extra points he had a perfect game so you want to talk about a hell of a redemption story man we needed him to do that now do i think he's all better no but maybe he is i mean we'll find out but you couldn't ask for anything more from him uh number four missed opportunities these were actually abundant for both teams so Remember, this was a hell of a game. You had back and forth, back and forth. Seahawks are going to win. Niners are going to win. No, 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 it was going to be the Seahawks going to win. No, the Niners are going to win. Like, all the way through overtime, you had, I mean, just craziness. In regulation, you had you had the Seahawks had the lead. And KJ dropped. I mean, the, the ball was thrown to him. Garoppolo threw the ball to him. <laughs> And he couldn't, it would, the game would have been over and he dropped it. He couldn't catch it. And then the very next play, I can't remember who the guy was. He dropped it. Uh, uh, it was just, you're like, oh my God, you could literally end the game right there with two plays in a row and they couldn't do it. And the Niners had plenty of opportunities on their side. Let's not forget that. They had opportunities all over the place. Once they grabbed momentum back, they could have easily just, stepped on their throat and just ended it but garoppolo kept making mistakes so uh it, it's just one of those games where each team could have very easily won and to come out on top to actually be the team that wins the game in the end um the hell yeah <laughs> it's just the luck of the draw i guess or just i mean it it, it was just i it was just nuts um, and that takes me to five overtime was something I don't, that, that overtime period is something I don't think I've ever seen before in, in a game. 
went the entire overtime period. There were five possessions, five in overtime, right? You never see that. Last week, we had one, and the Seahawks won. You never see that. And they actually used the entire overtime period. If Myers misses the kick, that game ends in a tie. And at one point, I was like, I'd be okay with that. <laughs> like, please, that sounds great. Go ahead. <laughs> but I, I don't think I've ever seen. I was just, and, and it was just the, you want to talk about getting mentally exhausted from a game? The first four quarters didn't necessarily do that to you. It was that overtime where you had you had the controversial at the end you find this controversial but the the heads or tails call from um from Gino from Gino Smith he it, whatever we get the ball and you're like all right here we go here we go we got Russell Wilson we get the ball first this game's over it's going to march it down and then you see Lockett on the bench and you're like where the hell's Tyler Lockett why is he sitting on the bench what's happening and so they're like, okay, well, let's see what happens. And they and they they just they start marching on the field. And then when they need first downs, they're getting them. And they get like third downs. And then you see Josh Gordon show up. Josh Gordon had a great first game. He only had was it those two catches? <laughs> um, but Gordon, where's his numbers? Yeah, he had those two catches, both for, for two catches for twenty-seven yards. But both of his catches were third down conversions. They were huge. Welcome to Seattle. I love it. Um. But they're marching on the field, and you literally think, "Well, this is this is done." And and Hollister shows up. I'm going to talk about him in a second. Then Russell throws the pick. I talked about it already. It was a bad throw. Shouldn't have done it. If he was going to do it, obviously he's got you know. Every once in a while, he's had amazing touch this season. But every once in a while, some it's off. And on that one, uh, yeah, it was way off. And, oh, I cannot remember who ended up uh, tackling him, but he did. I mean, the guy that intercepted it could have easily run it back. And luckily, I mean, the play of the game, and I, I feel like an idiot for not remembering who the guy was, but again, mentally exhausted. Um, but you're sitting there and you're going, all right, well, they, they, they run it, that pick back. This game, you know, the next score wins. All they need is a field goal. And they take it down. And have a chance to you know hit a field goal 47 yards poor guy <laughs> he uh last name mclaughlin which is weird every time they said his name i was like what i'm right here he nails a 47 yarder in regulation to tie the game gets another 47 yarder to try and win the game and he just he shanked it it looked like a drive I hit off a tee at a golf course. I mean, it was just shanked. Pierre missed it. And I felt bad for him. <laughs> but then you're like, okay, so I guess the game's not over yet. There's still like time left there, you know, and, and they, they <laughs> take the ball and, and it, again, five possessions, just nuts. So I, I, I to, to come out on top again, luck of the draw, whatever. I don't care. The defense did what they needed to do. Kicker needed what he needed to do. I mean, just 
everything lined up perfectly for them to get it basically um before i get i, I should have wrote this down i'm gonna go hollister first before i get to um numbers the the officials um that guy here we were so scared of losing disley and all, and disley still disley is an amazing player and you can't just replace him however you want to talk about someone stepping up and filling a void look at what hollister has done these last two games he had another eight catches 62 yards one touchdown his touchdown catch Wilson threw that ball up and it was one, one spot where he where Hollister could actually grab it with one hand and bring it in and he did it. It was no, it was great. And he he's just he's all over the field. He is he just looks awesome and is exactly what we needed with Disley going down. So um I just wanted to give a, sh- a quick kudos cuz he makes us actually feel comfortable not having Disley around. And then uh, I, I wanted to, to quickly hit on the officials because um, it was something I, I tweeted about all game. I, I'm not one to blame officials for anything. And had the Seahawks lost this game, I wouldn't have sat here today and been like, oh, well, they lost because the officials. No, they, they would have lost because of all the little mistakes. You could have pointed to the five fumbles. You could have pointed to Russell's pick, you know, all those things. But the officials were definitely a part of um, the game being what it was, and there were th- there were non calls that um, uh, that could have changed things, and then there were calls that were made that were wrong that definitely changed things. And I- I'm just getting, and it's not just in this game; it's in every single NFL game I watch. It's just yellow flags everywhere, and I'm getting so sick of it. And it's getting to the point where I, I honestly, I don't feel like watching football they're not letting them play the game and and it's just it's if you're gonna call uh if you're gonna make a call it better be right and i get there's a human element and you and you miss things but come on you can't you you, you can't call and especially when it looks like you're favoring one team over the other and that that was the problem is that Niners were getting were getting calls that benefited them that weren't necessarily good penalties. They were weak. Clowney was getting held all the t- because he was so dominant. The only way they could stop him was holding him. They didn't throw a flag for any of it. And then I I actually tweeted at NFL officiating, wondering what is it about Russell Wilson that they call the game so different from him. I don't understand it. I I actually put on Twitter that I, I, I double-checked, and sure enough, he is listed as a quarterback. His position in the NFL is quarterback. Yet, a, 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 a defensive lineman or somebody on the defense could grab his face mask and yank it sideways, and he won't get a flag. He could give himself up, and sure, one guy you know kind of gets down on him as he gives himself up, but then you have two more that after he's already on the ground come through and nail him, he gave himself up. If that was Aaron Rodgers, it'd be a flag. If that were Tom Brady, it'd be a flag. Hell, if it was Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side of the ball, it would have been a flag. But for some reason, Russell Wilson, they don't call that shit. You know how many missed face mask penalties they've had on on Russell on anybody doing it to Russell Wilson this year? There's been a ton of them. You see it all the time, and you just sit there and wonder, why is it that they don't call the game the same for him? He's a quarterback. <laughs> 
Now he's a tough son of a bitch, but he's still a quarterback. It's just ridiculous. And when he's on the ground and literally looking at the ref going, he pulled my face mask. And then you look at replay, and sure enough, he yanked the face mask. And if somebody's job is to just watch for that, and yet they're not calling it. And I'm I'm honestly getting sick and tired of watching it. It's It's getting to the point where you've got too many flags being thrown in general, right? And it'd be one thing if those were like legit penalties, but they're not. They're a stupid holding call or they're a, a, a DPI that's not even an actual DPI. And because they've literally said, you, you know, don't you dare challenge those because we're not going to reverse them. If it's not true a DPI, even Pete Carroll finally didn't throw a flag to challenge it because they know they're not going to reverse them. It's, it's just getting to be, uh, it's ruining the game. And I've said it over and over and over again. It's ruining the game and the NFL needs to address the problem. And I would just like them to admit that they have a problem because they do. And you had, you had Booger up there in the booth who, you know, a few weeks ago trashed the officials and someone must've yelled at him because all of a sudden in this game, he's, you know, he's both of them are up there going, Oh, that's a good call. And then they'll have whoever come in and be like, yeah, I made the right call. No, he didn't. They made a bunch of shitty calls. Then there were a bunch of crappy ass non calls. And Dennis from Ohio, his wife Amanda from Ohio, she put it perfectly. And I just want to just say she put it absolutely perfectly that the officiating was goddamn. I don't remember exact words, but it was horrible. And she's she watches Pac-12 football. If their officiating is worse than Pac-12 refs, you got a problem. And NFL, you have a problem. You need to fix it. All right. Is the rivalry back? And my last thing on this game, we'll move on. I sure hope it is. Now the Seahawks have a bye. Then they've got, you know, a few more games to go. And then they play the the Niners in Seattle in week 17. Now we don't know what's going to happen between now and then, right? But how amazing would it be if, say, Week 17 is for the division, right? It's not a game that's meaningless to both teams because they have a division and a wild card locked up, but it's a game that will actually decide who wins the division. So now I'm all pumped for week 17, right? I got to go through a bunch of games between now and then, but I'm pumped for week 17, because uh, it's just there's something about when these two teams play and it's like the like that game was it's just better it's just it was the, the whole sports world today all they wanted to talk about was that game and how amazing it was because it was it was nuts like i said back and forth it was just who's gonna win we don't know it's just it was it was great and i sat there when it was over and i i just i couldn't even believe it I'm I'm staring at a screen that says final and 27-24 Seahawks win and I'm going what <laughs> I th- I I thought there was a I thought it was a loss 18 different times what how h- how right and it just it exhausts you <laughs> but in such a great way and I've had so many coffees today I've had to so I hope that this is with the ignition on that rivalry because um, the Niners give them credit. The Niners are a good team. Despite Jimmy Garoppolo's issues, that defense down there is for real. They're still 8-1. and one. They still have a division lead right now. 
They've got a tough schedule coming up. And things could change rather quickly for them. But they are a damn good team. And that's when it's fun. When both the Seahawks and the Niners are good. And you get those two games a year. And then you hope you meet in the playoffs. Because we all remember the playoff games against them. Especially 2013. Right? That 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 year, yeah, they won a Super Bowl. But we all, most Seahawks fans agree the real Super Bowl that year wasn't even the actual one that they went to win and won, right? It was the NFC Championship in Seattle against the Niners. So I, I hope that, it's, that the rivalry is, is back because it was awesome. So that's my recap for the Seahawks win on Monday Night Football. What a freaking game. Uh, again, still can't believe they won. Might take me a little while. Bye week couldn't come at a better time <laughs> for both the team and its fans because once again you had a game that was not an easy win i mean they i don't know if they plan on having any easy wins this whole way and one more thing seriously five and oh on the road what don't 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 take that uh with a grain of salt that that right there that's impressive because they aren't that good they haven't been good at home but to be five and oh on the road that's a big deal huge deal huge tremendous tremendous deal it's the biggest deal there ever was all right let's go into some nfl news uh this story actually started uh broke this afternoon uh so i had to include it because i thought it was um it was out of nowhere and it was funny because he also thought it was out of nowhere um apparently kaepernick colin kaepernick uh is gonna do a workout on saturday in atlanta um nfl clubs were informed tuesday that a private workout will be held for free agent quarterback colin kaepernick on saturday in atlanta um the session will include on-field work and an interview all teams are invited to attend and video of both the workout interview will be made available to them um obviously we know kaepernick's been out of the nfl since 2016 which is the year that he began protesting police brutality um, and kneeling during the national anthem, and it created that whole shitstorm, right? Um, the th- weird thing about this whole thing is, again, it came out of nowhere, and even Colin Kaepernick at 4.45 p.m. today on the 12th of November said that he was just getting word from his representatives of the NFL league office reached out about a workout in Atlanta on Saturday. He's ready. He's been in shape and ready for this for three years. However, why 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 are they doing it this way i don't understand it and and to me you got sources told espn that kaepernick and his reps were not alerted till this morning they asked for the workout then to be on a tuesday which is typically when all nfl workouts happen um it's easier for head coaches general managers all it's easier for all of those people to attend a saturday most teams are if you're on the road you're traveling it's not a good day to have GMs and scouts and everything out away from the team. That's usually not how that works. And so then they asked for it to be a little bit later in the day and they said no. And, and so it makes you actually sit here and go, what the hell is the NFL doing? Is this their attempt to say, to, to just basically say, well, Hey, look, we gave him an opportunity and you know, 
not a lot of teams showed up. They must not be that interested. You guys all think everyone's interested, but you know, obviously reality shows it's not. Um, or is it, you know, hope that he maybe isn't looking right and, and he bombs and they can be like, well, see, he hasn't, he can't even play football anymore. I don't think that'll be the case. I think he's ready to go, but still, it just seems like it's almost a little bit of a, it's a very strange move from the NFL. I don't like it. Actually. I think that it's what, why not give, if you really want to give him a shot, why are you doing it on a Saturday? Give alert him today. Fine. But you have it be next Tuesday. Like they requested when most teams have the ability to actually send GM, send scouts, hell head coaches can go right. Those people that need to be there to observe can be there to observe, but they're going to bury it on a Saturday on one of the worst possible days you could do it. Why? I don't, I don't understand it. And so we'll probably get through the whole thing. And obviously there'll be some teams there that'll go and watch, but now we're going to get through the whole entire thing and he'll, he won't get a team and, and it will just be right back here again with Kaepernick, not playing in the NFL when he absolutely should. And there's teams out there that can use him. And it's also weird too, because now we're going into week 11. It's late in the season. You know, even the teams that don't necessarily have a good starter, maybe somebody got hurt. It's too late for them. They're, they're either out of it or their starter came back already. Right? So it, the timing's weird. The actual scheduling is weird. The fact they didn't let Colin Kaepernick know until today. Uh, it just, there's something doesn't smell right. Something's a little fishy there for sure. Uh, don't trust the NFL on that one at all. Um, let's week 10. Remember I said at the beginning that it was a crazy week and that's because it was a freaking crazy week. So <laughs> I, I do, we do game picks here every week, right? And then I'm on a, uh, IE sports radio, which is one of the, the podcasts that I join every now and then, um, they have a game pick league that I'm in. I've now won two weeks, um, which is cool. But I won this week being um, seven and six <laughs> with my picks. Normally you win by going like, you know, 12 and one, you know, 10 and two. Like you have to, you have, those are the ones that win. I won this week going seven and six. And it was just crazy. The outcomes of some of these games, the bears beating the lions, um, Baltimore beating Cincinnati wasn't so much of a shock because Cincinnati is terrible and Baltimore's on a roll, but they destroyed them 49, 13. Then you get into some of the interesting ones. Cleveland beating Buffalo. I, I had Buffalo winning that game. I thought, you know, Cleveland is a mess. There's no freaking way. Cleveland wins 19 to 16. The big one was the Atlanta Falcons kicking the Saints' ass 26 to 9. That's a humongous win for Atlanta and a ridiculously embarrassing loss for New Orleans. Um, that one's weird. The Jets. Beating the Giants, thirty-four twenty-seven. Tampa Bay going, you know, um, Arizona went there and lost thirty to twenty-seven. So the Bucks coming off of a impressive game in Seattle, um, host Arizona and and beat Arizona. What? Uh, the <laughs> Mahomes comes back and plays for Kansas City. Uh, a little early, I think, to have him back, but he did okay. But. 35 to 20 to 32 they lose the tennessee titans miami 
who, you know, yeah, they won their first game last week and you're like, cool, that's great. Probably should start, you know, if you really want to get that good draft pick, you need to make sure you lose the rest of them. Oh no, they won again, 16 to 12, beat Indianapolis, uh, Green Bay, Carolina, th- that could have gone either way, but uh, Green Bay came out on top. Pittsburgh beating the Rams. The Rams look awful. Uh, Pittsburgh winning 17 to 12. Um, I, it, yeah. I mean, it's good. It's just a division team going down, but still. Rams are a, a little bit different this year for sure. And then, of course, Minnesota beating Dallas, but it was just a strange, strange week in the NFL. And for me to win a game picks week for going seven and six, it just made me laugh. Um, all right. And then uh, also came out today, the NFL did make some changes uh, to the schedule. They decided to flex, made their flip first flex change. Uh, so week 12, um, which is Seahawks would be their week after their bye week So um, they were supposed to have a string of four primetime games in a row, Monday night one happening, then Sunday night, and uh, they went ahead and flexed the Seahawks and the Eagles out of that spot and put the Niners Packers into that spot. So now the Seahawks are going to play at 10 a.m. on um, the on, in week 12 that Sunday night. And the Packers and Niners will be the Sunday night game. Makes perfect sense. The Eagles and, and Seahawks. I, if the Eagles had a better record and it, the, that game may, may mean more, um, yeah, you're, you leave it there but with it being packers niners that game's going to draw a bigger crowd on a tv audience anyway than than anything else so i mean it makes perfect sense i'm okay with it 10 a.m games suck but because they can ruin your whole day seahawks lose that game and and my whole day goes to shit and then the other thing they did is they announced week 16 uh they put together their uh saturday triple header and uh it's it's a it's a it's a unique one they so you'll have three games on saturday the the um 21st uh texans at buccaneers bills at patriots and then you'll have the rams at niners uh, in the primetime slot at uh, 515 pacific so um uh, before the season the nfl set aside five games in week 16 to be potentially flexed into nfl network saturday triple header so all those games are nfl network uh it's gonna be a good one that's gonna be crazy um and then dennis corrected me i thought for some reason i thought that the we the, there was a sunday night game in week 17 but there isn't and um because i looking at the schedule you would think that especially if it comes down to being for the division uh you want to flex a game in a pride time you niners at seahawks you would do that there isn't and that's because they're playing on these saturday games and the schedule's all weird and it's the last game last sunday of the season regular season and so they have everybody end so that that'll be a 115 game but um we're in that time of year now we're gonna start seeing things get flexed it's a little bit of a bummer that the seahawks are you know that would have been cool to have four primetime games in a row but oh well will survive we still have a hell of a schedule coming up when it comes to to um the the tail end of this season for sure um so and we'll still have vikings at home in prime time and at the rams in prime time so it'll be all right uh let's real quick preview week 11 um again seahawks on a bye dallas is going to go to detroit what the Dallas Cowboys need a rebound. Um, 
they already lost a game they could not afford to lose, in my opinion, in losing to the Vikings. So um, what do they need to do to get back on track and win? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, trust your quarterback, maybe, right? Um, if if let's I'm going to look at numbers here. Let's look at what uh, um, Detroit yards allowed. So maybe you'll have some better luck with Zeke because they they allow 129.7 yards a game. So run with Zeke, but they also allow 286.7 passing yards. So you might be able to pull off more of a balanced attack there, and that would be good and more what they want to do. But if if Dak is going all out and, and, and maybe Zeke isn't doing that well, just trust your quarterback. Do what you should have done in the Viking game, right? So um, Detroit, they're not a great team. They're three and five and one. They're two and two at home. Stafford's having a good season, but you know they're they're not a great football team. So this is one that you need to go on the road, and you need to win. And hopefully, feel go into Week Twelve feeling a lot better at six and four. Because if you lose this game and you go five and five, I mean as bad as your that division is that opens it all up and how scary is that at five and five that all of a sudden the division is wide open right um that's just that's just crazy to me so um again dallas needs a rebound for sure um the only injuries on their injury report right now is so connor williams the guard is out um cameron fleming offensive tackle is questionable um safety jeff heath is questionable so that's the only thing they have on the injury report right now and of course we'll see more as the week goes on um stafford is on the injury report for the lions is questionable i'm not sure what happened there i'd have to look all right and you know what the best part about this week is seahawks can't win or lose i mean it would be cool if they won but um here's the crazy thing about this week though so seahawks don't play right but other teams doing their thing can help them basically it's a bummer the niners aren't facing one of the better teams on the rest of their schedule they're gonna go play the cardinals but arizona been improving so let's say you know something crazy happens and the Cardinals go to Santa Clara and beat them. You know there's a lot of injuries for the Niners right now. We don't know what's going on with Kittle. We don't know what's going on with um, Sanders had a rib injury. You know all these things happening. Um, what if the Cardinals go up there and win? Right? Then all of a sudden you have a tie in the NFC West with technically at that point the Hawks having a tiebreaker on their head-to-head. Hmm? How about that? Because right after that, the Niners are going to go play. Oh, they're going to host the Packers. Then they got to go play Baltimore. Then they got to go play the Saints. Then they have the Falcons at home. And then they got the Rams at home. And then, of course, they end the season in Seattle. 
uh, Dennis and I talked about this last week. They've got a difficult schedule to end the season. Things could change rather rapidly. So if you want to talk about games to watch this week, which I was supposed to do back in NFL news stories, I'm going to do right now instead. That's one right there that I'll definitely be watching for sure. Um, uh, Houston at Baltimore. That's the one of the morning games on Sunday. <laughs> that's going to be amazing. Watson versus uh, Jackson. That that game right there. That's I sure hope CBS has that game on my on Directv for my area because that one's going to be great. Um, I'll be watching Dallas at Detroit. Um, what else is a must watch up there? Um, yeah, Arizona, San Francisco, New England at Philadelphia. I want to obviously see what Philadelphia looks like against New England. Philly being the course, the Seahawks next opponent. So that would be something you want to pay attention to Chicago at Lar at the Rams is intriguing just because even though the, the bears are been bad, all of a sudden they're four and five Rams are five and four. It's a division foe. We still have to play them one more time. Uh, that's one that might want to pay attention to again. It's just to, just to kind of see what your other division teams are doing. So, um, yeah. All right. Um, I think it's time for Dennis from Ohio to chime in again. I was hoping that I was going to have him or was thinking it'd be kind of cool to have him, uh, be here to recap the game since he, um, did a fantastic job in the last episode in previewing the game. But like me, um he's a dad he has a lot of stuff to do so i don't blame him one bit for being a busy bee so um dad life can be rough all right i have not listened to this yet a lot of times when he calls in i listen ahead of time to kind of prep myself i have no idea what he's about to say so we're going to listen to this together uh dennis from ohio and his question of the week Hey guys, what's up? Dennis from Ohio here with my weekly question. Uh, but first of all, I know I have to address the issue. There was a big game last night. Uh, we all know the outcome, so there will be no wooing today. Sorry, Brian. Um, that was a good game last night. Um, I think I want to see this game on December 29th when both teams are at full capacity. Everybody has everybody healthy. I have Kittle and Emmanuel Sanders, and you have all of your players that are hurt back um so that december 29th game could mean a lot so again that was a great game and i think last week when we spoke i said it'd be a one game score one way or another i think i might have almost predicted the score i'd have to go back and listen to it um but it was a good game uh but other than that uh congratulations brian to your seahawks uh 49ers are on to arizona at home next week and i know you guys are off to get that rest so hopefully lottie gets a little better uh, but my question for you is, with all the weird things that happened this last week with 1-7 Atlanta beating 7-1 New Orleans, the Dolphins beat the Bill, uh, the Dolphins beat the Colts, uh, the Browns beat the Bills, the Titans beat the Chiefs. I mean, it was an insane week for the pick I think our winner for the week had 6 or 7, which is super low. I'm uh, just curious as to your take of who do you think is going to come out. I think it's the Final Four in East each conference, I mean, it's possible that a 13-3 and three team out of the West could be the fourth seed, so they could end up meeting each other in the second round of the playoffs. 
Uh, just curious as to your hot take on that. Uh, who do you think you see coming out? Are the Patriots for real? Stuff like that. Other than that, uh, I will look forward to your answer. Great show last week. As always, go 49ers. And I will hear from you soon. And like I said, no woo. So don't ask. See you later. <laughs> Uh, it's a little weird without the woo, but you, you don't have to be a woo girl when your team loses, so it's okay. That was a loaded question. Um, see if I got it right. You would like me to look at um, uh, who do I think is going to come out of, uh, of each division in the conferences in both of them. So uh, I love that you asked are the Patriots for real. The thing with the Patriots is that they've they've got that cake cupcake schedule. And they're in a division, which is one of the reasons why they've been so successful for so long. The AFC East sucks, right? So they're eight and one. The Bills are six and three. Um, the rest of the, the Patriots' schedule is still very cupcake. So the Patriots will win that division, and they'll get a shot. And that's all you need to give them is a shot, and they could still win a Super Bowl. So AFC East is probably still going to be the Patriots. Um, AFC North. The, the Ravens, I think, have that pretty much locked up unless for some reason they have a ridiculous slide. But um, the, they're playing good football up there. Um, it's clo- In the AFC South, you know, you've got uh, a, a little bit of a – you know, the Colts are – they've lost two in a row. They're five and four now. Texans are at the top of that, six and three. I, I would assume that the Texans still come out on top in that division. And then – the AFC West is, 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 you know, if you'd asked me a few weeks ago before uh, Mahomes got hurt, I would have said that, I mean, come on, that's going to be the Chiefs, no problem. But they're six and four. Raiders are five and four. Chiefs have lost a game. Uh, Raiders have won two in a row. With the way the Raiders season started, for me to sit here and go, well, the Raiders have a shot would have been stupid. But hey, you know what? The Raiders have a shot. So, I mean, that's that's crazy. So, I don't even know who I, I think it's too 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 early to to make a call in the AFC West um for sure. And then the wild card in that division or in that conference is is kind of crazy because you've got basically the Bills at six and three, the Steelers at five and four, the Raiders at five and four, the Colts at five and four, and Titans five and five. So if the playoffs were to start today, you'd have Patriots, Ravens, Texans, Chiefs as your division winners. And then you'd have Bills and Steelers as your two wild cards. Raiders on the outside looking in. So man. That's crazy. Now, on the other side of things, on the National Football Conference side, the NFC, uh, who calls it the National Football Conference, that's weird. On the NFC side, if the playoffs were to start today, you'd have Niners, Packers, Saints, Cowboys. That's one through four division winners. And you'd have Seahawks, Vikings as your, um, your wild cards. So you'd have a Seahawks-Cowboys matchup and a Saints-Vikings matchup. Outside looking in, the 7th spot is the Rams. Eagles are in the 8th spot. But again, you've got a Vikings team at 7-3 and three in that 6th spot, that second wild card. And then you've got 
the Rams at five and four, Eagles at five and four, Panthers at five and four, the Bears at four and five. Being that we're only going into week 11, a lot of things can change. And, and uh, you know, the Cowboys, if they don't win their division, it's going to be, again, so hard for them to get a wild card. It really is. I just don't see how, especially now that they lost to the Vikings, who would hold a tiebreaker over them. So I, I, I think that uh, if I look at the divisions in the NFC, in the east i still think the cowboys get it together and they figure out how to win that um in the north depends on what packers team you get really and honestly eight and two versus and you got a seven and three vikings right below them i don't know man i I don't know which one you pick there um that could go either way. I think the, the the NFC, the South is, I mean, the Saints have that one pretty much wrapped up. In the West, we don't know. Eight and ones, Niners, eight and two, Seahawks. It's between those two teams. We'll see where they look like in, in week 17. But there's definitely the, the, the races are closer in the NFC. So, but it's, it's hard to call in, in week 11 for sure. Dennis is right, though. It was a great game. And, uh, he and I now we can look forward to uh to week seventeen when we get to do it all over again. It's time to pick some uh let's do our game picks real quick. Episode's going a little bit longer than I thought it would, but I got really excited talking Seahawks and I just wanted to keep talking, but that's all right. It's what we do. It's a podcast. We're supposed to talk, right? At least that's what they say. So jump into my ESPN app to my picks game pick them and get my my picks up here. Um next year i hope more of you jump in and do that let's see if dennis i'm assuming dennis from ohio is still went leading our group he was uh kicking some ass um hey i won fantasy football last week i didn't even know that's crazy pick skin pick him how'd i do last week um probably not great probably not great i got five points it's just it's just such a weird week so let's get into it winning all right Steelers at Browns I'm gonna take the god I'll take Steelers uh Falcons at Panthers I'm gonna go with the Panthers Bills at Dolphins boy three weeks ago I would have said Bills for sure now you got the Dolphins all of a sudden on a winning streak it's in Miami they're feeling good about themselves I'm gonna be crazy here I'm gonna pick the Dolphins that will be stupid for them to win. Cowboys at Lions. I'm going to pick the Cowboys. Uh, Broncos at Vikings. Um, that's going to be the Vikings right there. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars play the Indianapolis Colts. I will take the Colts. Saints go to Tampa Bay and play the Buccaneers. So Buccaneers just played Seattle really well. They beat arizona score 30 points on them saints just looked absolutely terrible versus the falcons it's in tampa bay again i'm just going to be ballsy here and i'm going to pick the tampa bay buccaneers to beat the saints call me crazy uh jets visit the washington racehorse what a crappy game um it doesn't even matter who i pick but i guess i'll pick the jets 
Um, Texans at Ravens. That's going to be the one of the highlight games in this schedule this week for sure. Hmm. I, because it's in Baltimore, I'm going to go with the home team, take the Ravens. Cardinals, 49ers. I'm going to go crazy again. I'm going to take the Cardinals beating the 49ers. Sorry, Dennis. Uh, Bengals at Raiders. I'm going to take the uh, uh, Raiders and um, Patriots at Eagles. God, well, I would like the Eagles to lose <laughs> for my own selfish reasons, but I also would like the Patriots to lose for my own selfish reasons. Who the hell am I supposed to pick in that game? Um, I'll take the Patriots. Bears at Rams. Uh, I think the Rams are an absolute mess. I'm going to go with Dot Bears. And then the uh, Chiefs and Chargers, Monday Night Football for next week. Um, uh, Phillip Rivers is stupid, so I'll take the Chiefs in that game. And I will submit my picks. I think that I am stupid, and I did not check to see if we had any other mailbag questions. And I believe that we did have one when I looked earlier. So let me jump back in here. We're going to play a little bit off script and see what we have in here going on mailbag we did so lee walker had a question (laughs) okay was last night's monday night football game the greatest football game ever played i say yes because it's of its surpassing enormous hype over time and having all you can ever ask for in a game short of a playoff game (laughs) so was it the greatest football game ever played i mean probably not and even, even as the Seahawks fan, I still think if, I mean, like Niners Seahawks NFC Championship in 2013, the 2013 season, I think was still a better game. I mean, but was it the best game of this season? 100%, 200%. Like it was absolutely the best game we've seen so far this season. And I've watched a lot of football. So that it, it's it beats the crap out of anything else ever played though I think that's up to interpretation make your decision if you say yes I I, I believe you so go with it it definitely was um, the game of the year so far for sure and and I'm not the only one saying that there's a lot of people saying that so um, Lee thank you so much if you want to be a part of the show and get questions in be looking. Um, Mondays or Tuesdays, I'm going to post the mailbag. You just reply to it on Twitter and give us your questions. It can be anything Cowboys-related, anything Seahawks-related. You can make it NFL-related. You can ask me about the officials. You can even ask us about Star Wars because we're a bunch of Star Wars nerds. Speaking of which, make sure you uh, go watch The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. It is worth purchasing Disney+. Plus If you're a Verizon Unlimited plan user on your cell phone, I think you get a year of disney plus for free so i don't know what you're waiting for go do it if you're a star wars fan episode one of the mandalorian was great fantastic i can't wait for the rest of the episodes to come out it was a awesome show and um yeah so be part of the show give us your questions just be looking for that every week uh also please as usual i will always ask because i don't think we can get enough reviews i just i just want more so uh, if you're an Apple podcast user and that is how you listen to this podcast, thank you for listening. If you could do us a huge favor and when you're next time you're in the app and you're grabbing episode, this episode right here, 78, 
while you're listening to this, go back into the app and and leave us a, re, a rating and a review. We would uh, greatly appreciate it and just help us grow. That, that would be fantastic. And uh, all right. Normally here I would do winning, but I don't have a game. <laughs> I don't I, I don't have a game. Seahawks are on a bye week, so they will not lose. That's my game pick. Winning. Maybe I should pick the Dallas game, I guess. Um, would everyone be okay with that? I, I guess I could do that. So um, Dallas at Detroit. I, I picked Dallas already to win, so I'll take Dallas and I'll say 30 to 24. Winning. That made me almost sick to even pick a Dallas game. Blech. All official like. It just doesn't feel right. Okay, everyone, thanks for uh, tuning in for another episode of the Common Ground Football Podcast. I greatly appreciate it, especially for all the support that we've gotten uh, with Andrew taking his little time off. And um, it's it's I appreciate the support, and I, I look forward to him coming back, uh, hopefully in the near future. Until then, go Hawks.